Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome back to the Heavily Scaled Podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Bradley. Today, uh, I'm talking about a book I read while I listened to it. It's called Breath by James Nestor. I think it's a a fantastic book, Uh, whether you're an athlete or not. If you work out, you're an athlete. But um, whether you are a high-performance athlete or you're just somebody like me who's working out at your gym or at home, and you're just curious about ways you can maybe um, improve your performance or just improve your overall health and therefore your life, right? So basically, let me get right into it because I don't want to talk for too long, but I could probably talk for a while about this book because there were so many good nuggets in it and was super interesting, but I won't give it all away. So here are my big takeaways. Takeaway number one, how we breathe matters. And I think that that sounds simple, but um, a lot of us, myself included, really don't think about how we breathe, right? We know it's an autonomic nervous or an autonomic uh, process. Our body is just going to, to do it. Uh, so therefore we don't think about it, but that doesn't mean that it's being done efficiently. So my first takeaway is how we breathe matters, which means you have to Think about how you're breathing, right? And I've been doing that a lot lately, probably almost to the point of like annoying my husband, but it's okay. He still loves me. Uh, Takeaway number two, nasal breathing. This is really tied to takeaway number one, actually. Nasal breathing over mouth breathing in certain instances. There's going to have to be a part two to this episode. I already know. Um... And I'll get to that when we get to part two, talking about mouth breathing and when it would be efficient. But nasal breathing versus mouth breathing. Just in your day to day, when you go to sleep, when you're at work, um, maybe when you're warming up for your workout or you're doing something very low intensity, low impact, nasal breathing, practice it. Because there are greater benefits to nasal breathing than there are to mouth breathing. And if you read James Nestor's book, you will see the crazy negative impacts um, when he voluntarily chose to do an experiment where he only uh, was a mouth breather for 10 days, literally plugged up his nose. And it was just, I don't know, like it was crazy. But anyway, so what, what does nasal breathing do for us? Well, first of all, it regulates helps us balance our, our, our nervous system. And so, excuse me, um, breathing through your right nostril actually activates your sympathetic nervous system. I had no idea about any of this, by the way, guys. So um, I'm telling you just what I learned. Um, your right nostril activates your sympathetic nervous system, which means it's going to you know, increase heart rate, increase blood pressure, temperature, basically is like your, your go, right? It's your pedal. Whereas your left nostril, that's my left, um, activates your parasympathetic nervous system. And so this is your break. So it's going to slow down your system. And when, when you think about, you know, yogis or people who meditate and they want you to breathe a certain way, like, wow, I had no idea that I could either balance my nervous system through my breath. Like I didn't know that's what was actually happening. I didn't know that was the significance of, 
um, breathing through my nose for like four seconds and then breathing out for four. And it's all to sort of balance to get the the optimal amount of oxygen and carbon dioxide, which I'm going to talk about in a second because that's takeaway number three. But um, to get the optimal amount of air just in the system and then balance it. I don't know. And so it's just been sort of interesting. Um, after reading this book, I was just sort of curious um, because here was here was one cool thing that I thought was really great is that the um, ideal number of breaths, the ideal breathing pattern for like just balance and uh, calm and health is to breathe in for five and a half seconds, breathe out for five and a half seconds. And if you do that, that's five and a half breaths in a minute. Now, okay, five and a half. You could do five or six. It, it doesn't really matter. And um, it's either going to get you five breaths in a minute or six breaths in the minute. And But what this, what I thought was so crazy about this, and I've been trying to do it throughout the week, um, is it's designed to actually balance your mind, body, and spirit um, with the equal ratio of inhale inhales to exhales. And so when you do this, you want to make sure if you decide to try it, uh, breathe in through your nose and out through your nose and make sure you're contracting your diaphragm, right? So I've been doing this um, because I think I've had a tendency to sort of breathe into my chest first, but I'm really trying to breathe into my belly, into my diaphragm first. Um, But this has been shown to sort of reduce stress, uh, help with insomnia. I'm still struggling with that, but that could also be my daughter. Um, improve your mood and increase focus. And um, I think it's just been sort of interesting the different ways that you can use breath to obviously calm, to wake yourself up, to help yourself get to sleep. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that one. You breathe in for four, hold for seven, breathe out for eight through your mouth. Um, And that is supposed to just sort of help calm you and, um, tranquilize, calm your nervous system to slow everything down. And it's just been very interesting to me, the different ways that we can breathe and we can practice breath holds or longer exhales versus longer inhales and vice versa to do different things. And it's free, right? Breathing is is free. Just like, you know, Katie and I said on an episode way back when that sleep is one free medicine, if you will, uh, that you don't have to pay for. You don't have to go get get a subscription for. And the same thing comes with breathing intentionally and with some thought. You can use it how you want to use it instead of just letting it be something that happens to you. So sorry, I just went on a little bit of a soapbox. I'm going to step down and come back. So um, I mentioned breath holds. And so this leads me to... um, Point number three that I took away from this book was the importance or is the importance of carbon dioxide. And we've always been taught that, you know, we breathe in oxygen. It's our fuel for our cells. We need it. It's, you know, how we get our muscles to do all this amazing stuff. And then we get rid of carbon dioxide, which is this waste. But reading this book and doing some more research with um, the guy who wrote The Oxygen Advantage. I'm about to read that one next uh, when the library gives it to me. Um, Carbon dioxide 
is actually a crucial player, especially if we're talking about performance. You need it. Without carbon dioxide, the oxygen doesn't make its way to our cells uh, the way that we need it to, especially when we're performing at a high level, a high capacity, something where you are feeling really out of breath and you begin to sort of pant. And so we need to be comfortable with carbon dioxide. So here's how you can tell how comfortable you are with carbon dioxide. This is called the Bolt Test uh, by Patrick Mc. I don't know how to say his last name, the guy who wrote The Oxygen Advantage. What you do is you take a normal breath in through your nose. You take a normal breath out through your nose. And then you literally plug your nose and hold your breath. So it's not necessarily a breath hold because a breath hold implies that you're like breathing in and holding. This is like a like you don't have any air, right? You're trying to see how long <laughs> sort of you can go without air, I guess, almost, before... You feel the need, and so let me start over. You're going to breathe in, like I said. You're going to breathe out, plug your nose. How long can you hold that before you feel like you have to take a breath? So you might feel your airways start to constrict, or you have the urge to swallow, or get this like, just, I have to take a breath, right? And you should be able, after you've done this, to just take in a normal breath. It shouldn't be gasping. If you're gasping, you held it for too long. But that number is like your tolerance to CO2, to carbon dioxide. And so we've been trained, almost conditioned, to overbreathe and to not have a very good relationship with carbon dioxide. But... It is something that we absolutely need in order to function more efficiently in our workouts, right? How fast we breathe is sort of determined by our levels of CO2 and our tolerance to it. So if you can get your body more used to that feeling of that CO2 and the first times you, you do this, you know, you are going to feel like a, a tightness in your chest. You're going to feel almost like a little panicky, jittery, like I need to breathe because we're not used to that carbon dioxide, right? It's in our bodies in high amounts. It's sort of like an, it's an acid, right? Lowers the, the acidity of our blood and things. But it's still needed in order for us to properly offload oxygen in our muscles. And when we're over breathing, meaning we're breathing in all this extra oxygen that we can't actually use, and we're breathing out this carbon dioxide that we actually need, we begin to get this buildup of lactic acid. We feel sore. We find it hard to recover. Our body is overworking, which means we're going to be hotter, which means we're going to be sluggish. We're not going to move as well. And we're expending a lot of energy that is not necessary to expend um, because we're trying to make up for this lack of oxygen, all because we can't tolerate CO2. So I've been doing um, some practice. I downloaded an app. I think it's been great. It's fantastic. It's called Breathwork. Not necessarily to try to 
um, practice nasal breathing, like in my workouts or anything like that, that, that I think I'll talk about that on part two. Cause that's a whole nother thing. Wouldn't recommend that right now for you, unless you really want to. Um, but just trying to increase my awareness of my breath. Are there some breathing exercises that have breath holds that are designed to increase your tolerance to CO2? Absolutely. And, um, this, you know, increasing your tolerance to carbon dioxide, or at least being able to get that correct balance between oxygen and carbon dioxide. Um, one of the takeaways I got out of the book is where you see an increase in endurance, a reduction in fat, uh, improved cardiovascular function, increased muscle mass, like all the things that you want, right, when you're going to the gym. So it's really interesting. If you are a person who's doing all these things. You're trying to get good sleep. You are going to the gym. I don't know how many times a week, right? You're, you're working out though. You're active. You're meal prepping. You're, you're dialing in on your nutrition. I think you almost have to add breathing in there in order to get the most out of all of those other things that you are doing. So let me sum it up again. All right. Uh, takeaways. How you breathe matters. So shut your mouth. All right. Nasal breathing versus uh, mouth breathing. Breathe through your nose. And number three, try to improve your tolerance to carbon dioxide, either by exhaling longer, right? using your diaphragm, exhaling longer, that's going to increase that. And sometimes holding your breath. Try it. Or check out my blog post where I talked about some strategies. Or come back for part two where I am going to dive in uh, to what I've been doing personally for nasal breathing, but also just bought a fun little thing that just came out. It's called an airwave that is meant to help your performance when you mouth breathe. So I'm doing some unofficial experiments and I will talk to you guys next time. Breathe well, friends. 